Welcome to the CFB Dynasty Podcast with hosts Matt Knowles and Brian McElfish. Hey everybody out there, this is the CFBDynasty.com podcast. We have a great one for you today. My name is Matt Knowles over here to this side. Hey, I got it right. On the top over here, the founder and the creator of CFBDynasty.com, Mr. Brian McElfresh. And with us as always, you can call him one, you can call him three, but never call him number two. Actually, you always want to call him number two. It's the one and only Doug Bravely. How are you guys doing over there today? What's up, what's up? And Doug. Hey, good, man. I'm doing great. I, uh... Dropped a duffel bag of cash off to uh, to the developer who's working on the uh, in-season tools, the new the new look and feel, and and the new tools that we'll all have at our disposal for 2023 DFS and standard college fantasy. Uh, super stoked about that. That's awesome. That's awesome. So we have a great show for you today. This is paid level content. It's going to be absolutely free on the podcast. And not only is it going to be absolutely free on the podcast, this is going to be where it's going to be exclusively until the article comes up. So you're only going to be able to get this information here first. Then later on, it's going to be a podcast. What are we talking about? We're talking about next man up at quarterback. One of the most important articles you can ever get when it comes to college fantasy football. You've seen your five-star guy, your blue chipper. He's gone. He's left. He's out of eligibility. He's transferred. He's going to the pros. You need to know who's coming up next. Today, we're going to talk about the top 10 situations where you need to know who the next man up is in college football at quarterback. BMAC, what made you decide that this was something you wanted to do right now in March of 2023 and you wanted to give it out there to the listeners and the followers free? Yeah, it's an important part of research, really, kind of as we're developing our rankings this is one of the things you look at right where you're looking at who were the top performers that are gone and moving on to the nfl draft which is in like uh, less than a month from now and i'm really excited about that that's peak nfl season Super for me stoked. draft yeah so um yeah so you get to see if you're in one of these like college devi leagues or college dynasty leagues where your your players go up to your nfl team that you get to see where your players are going um so that that's really exciting and fun as part of the draft, but, um, super important anyways, part of, part of our standard process for rankings. As we get into that, we've got the, the teaser rankings, if you will, top 25 out there for every position except tight end. I think we might have that. We've got Debbie, we've got standard rankings out there live on the site under rankings, uh, in the navigation. Tight ends almost done. Almost done. Cool, cool. And then we've got the full 133 quarterbacks ranked. That's only available for subscribers. We're working on running backs, tight ends, and receivers. So before we get into the rankings, we'd be remiss if we didn't talk about the final four. We'd be remiss if we didn't talk about the fact that March Madness is happening as we speak. And there are four teams that not a whole lot of people out there expected to be in the final four. In fact... There are only six brackets across all services where people picked this the right final four. Now, to me, I'm like, six seems like seven too many. If you're out there and you said it was going to be UConn, San Diego State, Miami, and my hometown boys, Florida Atlantic, in the final four, I want you to pick me some lottery numbers. <laughs> you ain't kidding. 
that's some craziness right there. BMAC, Doug, have you guys watched any of March Madness? And what do you think about the insanity so, of those teams in Final Four? I've watched a little bit. I'm not going to lie. I haven't watched very much. Um, I'm really in the golf mood right now, so I've been watching a lot of golf. Um, but the madness about this is we did a little bracket here at work, and there's two ladies – in our bracket that both picked FAU to reach the final four. (laughs) And I'm sitting here going, what in God's name? And the other one picked uh, UConn to win it all. So she has a chance (laughs) to beat everybody here, which is fine. But, man, my projected winner lost at night one. So after that, I was kind of like, you know what? Whatever, I'm watching golf. I haven't watched much of the tournament. Really, um, it's it's uh, kind of as the portal took over college basketball. Man, it, it shifted hardcore for me, which really sucked because I used to be all in on college basketball. I'd rearrange my schedule, take off work for the first couple of days of the tournament. <coughs> um, and uh, such a shift for me where – I just don't really watch it anymore. Yeah, I can tell you the, uh, the the college basketball portal. We thought that the football portal was crazy. What's happened in the portal during March Madness? Once a team goes out, people can declare. The the people that are declared for the portal is just absolutely unbelievable. People are recruiting the portal as much as they're recruiting people coming out of high school, and it makes it tough. Luckily for us, we're talking only about 133 college fantasy football teams, <laughs> not. 351 college basketball teams. Yep. Um, yeah, I just said I'd be remiss if I didn't let you guys know in the CFB Dynasty Home League, we had to pick colleges for our, our college teams and our pro team names. Since day one, Florida Atlantic University. That's my hometown uh, school. I'm a, as you know, I'm a North Carolina State Wolfpack fan, but I grew up one mile from FAU's campus, graduated in the FAU gym. Um, so, yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm pretty happy to see them there. They've been a fun team to watch. So That's hopefully, dope. yeah, let's let's go, let's go, Owls, go all the way. That being said, we're talking about a different sport. <laughs> so, BMAC and Doug, do you want to go ten to one, or do you want to go one to ten today? And we talk about these quarterback situations. So the, they're not listed in any particular order. Um, so let's just start at the top. They'll all be fun. All right. So you know what? I'm going to let you guys take over here a little bit. So. All right, so we're going to go right to the top of the list, to the school that is always at the top of the discussions, and that is Alabama. So, BMAC, Doug, take it away with the quarterback situation and the next man up at Alabama. All right, so at Bama, you know, we're losing the Heisman, right? Uh, Or, well, from two years ago. Bryce Young, he was, in terms of fantasy, he was quarterback 21 last year, 320 fantasy points. 29 fantasy points per game, 3,300 passing yards, 32 touchdowns with only five picks and added another four on the ground. Um, so there's there's an interesting battle here where uh, a lot of Alabama fans, because they claim to have seen what Milrow can do, they want to see what Ty Simpson can do um, as, you know, potentially the more accurate passer and, and uh, less prone to fumbling like Milrow had it. Uh, issues with in in the game he started there but I I don't think that's that's how I feel about this at all like Jalen Milrow he's you know at his peak he is so good um maybe it's uh it's definitely hyperbole to say he's um you know 
a thicker version of of Michael Vick. But if you think about, he's not that quick or that fast, but he is very quick and fast. Like Vick is like elite, elite on both of those. But Milrow also adds power. So he's 6'2", over 200 pounds, really good arm. Accuracy and decision-making is what will determine his, uh, you know, ceiling. Now, with he's, he's just got as high a ceiling as anyone, but Ty Simpson, also another five-star. So this is just currently a battle, and uh, we're just going to see more and more information come out, hopefully as practice and spring. But I expect this to go all the way into the fall in terms of decision-making, because you think about college football in general and the way it's set up with the portal opening again in May, um, there's not going to be many decisions made um now because like you know Saban's going to want both of these quarterbacks to be on the roster come fall um not that either are a threat to transfer but they could you know if if one was decided so anyways um personally I've got a share of Milrow I'm hoping for Milrow but we will see it's uh, totally open what do you think Doug I know you came into the podcast if you guys you weren't there but me and Brian were there Doug came into the podcast backstage a little bit ornery. Doug is not in a good mood today. He's ready to freaking rage. I just, so, Doug, I you might want food, to tell bro. him. Yeah, I'm going to say, but you know, a, a, hangry Doug, a hangry Doug is an angry Doug. Um, so, Doug, what do you think about what BMAC had to say? What do you, do you, uh, you agree with this, this thought process? Do you think Milrow is going to be the guy? Do you think Simpson's going to be the guy? What, do, what would your take be? I like Milrow personally. Um, like BMAC said, the dude is incredibly fast, he can extend plays. Um, it's hard to pick a guy based off what limited things we have seen from him. But if you look at it deeper, like I know BMAC and I have, he's got tools, man. And I think he's going to be good. Um, Ty Simpson, he, he, again, another highly recruited guy. Um, but could be one of those guys, in my opinion, that, we could see in the transfer portal, if not this year, probably next year. Simpson, though, if if he ends up winning the job, he's he based on the limited amount that we've seen Milrow, um, and and one off season can change everything mm-hmm. in the player's development. But Simpson could be uh, the more steady, right? The more the guy who's going to turn the ball over least, right? Uh, and that could win him the job. So Alabama is beefing up along the O-line. And uh, I would, you know, you're potentially going to see uh, a throwback uh, type of Alabama offense, potentially, where you've got, you know, a little bit more run heavy than they have been the last few years. They're both, they both have the ability to be super good yep. dual threat quarterbacks, um, but... Like you said, and I agree with you, I think Ty Simpson's more of the pocket presence for sure. Um, and it's just it's just hard. Like you said, both of them, there's such limited data on that <laughs> this is definitely a true quarterback battle for sure. Mm-hmm. And, and BMAC, I think what you said earlier is, is a big point too, um, especially at this point. Uh, you're talking about March, April. Uh, the likelihood of getting any real information for when your draft happens in the, in the fall uh, or over the summer. Uh, is very unlikely to get that clarity because coaches are going to want to play their cards close to the vest. Um, They're not going to want to offer up uh, an obvious, hey, you know what, you're not going to be the starter. So just go go straight ahead and go into the next portal window. 
So um, these are things you're going to want to keep your eye on and do your own research as well. Pay attention to the CFPDynasty.com site when we get information uh, because you are probably going to get more tea leaves right now than you're going to get, you know, actual information when it comes to who's going to be the starter. So just keep that in mind. All right. So we talked about two years ago's Heisman Trophy winner. Now we're going to talk about who could be the presumptive number one pick in the NFL draft this year. CJ Stroud at Ohio State. Who do we see as the next man up at Ohio State replacing this potential number one pick in the draft? So, yeah, we got CJ Stroud going, going pro. Um, and who knows where he's going to go, but he could be successful at any team, really. Um, who would you showed, take first pick? Oh, geez. Probably Stroud. Yeah. If it was me. Um, I'd be torn because there's a lot of good quarterbacks going in, in my opinion. But a lot of them, I think, need some time to develop. Um, but again, CJ Stroud, who averaged almost 30 points a game in fantasy, uh, finished quarterback 12 in fantasy, not really a big rusher, definitely more of a pocket guy. Um, but in Ryan day's offense, who cares? Um, he's been known to produce great quarterbacks, whether it's Haskins or, um, or Stroud. So I think, uh, Kyle McCord is who's been patient, served as the backup the last two years, has a great shot. He's kind of similar to those two with Stroud and Haskins. Not an elite athlete by any means, not a runner. He's not going to kill you with his legs. Um, but he has been impressive um, in what he has shown as like kind of a cleanup guy in blowout games. Um, I don't think he's going to turn the ball over very much. And again, in Ryan Day's offense, I don't think you have to be an elite athlete at a quarterback position to be successful. Um, Devin Brown is more of an elite athlete um, in the sense – I don't think he's like a Justin Fields who's going to kill you down the field with right. his legs. Agreed. But he's more of an, an elite athlete in the way that he moves. Um, but, you know, from what I've heard from scouts of him coming into, uh, into college, he has definitely worked on his pocket presence – over the course of his high school career. So this is another one to me that could be a potential big quarterback battle, but I, I'll i just give my opinion here. I expect Kyle McCord to win this job. I do too. Uh, if I was drafting today, I would, I would draft McCord, and I think he'll have a great year. Like uh, everything you said about Ryan Day and his style of offense, that totally scans. Uh, he's more like Stroud. Um where he's going to be able to make all the throws. He's been in the system for a while. And and how's Ohio State going to use this elite receiving core the best? I think that answers McCord. Um, so we'll kind of see. the Devin Brown, certainly, um, he can make all the throws. Um, and he does have that added dimension of, of what he can do with his legs. And so, you know, the the – Big question here, if you think about Ohio State and what they're going to be talking about all offseason is which one of them is going to beat Michigan. Um, so we'll see. We'll see uh, who wins the job. I agree right now I would take Kyle McCord. But if if the whole season they're planning around how they're going to beat Michigan, maybe they want that added dimension of a running or maybe you see maybe you see both in that game. True. Let's switch True. it up. You never know. All right, so we're going to go over to the West Coast right now real quick. Let's go look at UCLA and the situation with Dorian Thompson-Robinson leaving. Who wants to take that? Who do you guys think is going to be the next man up at UCLA? Go ahead, BMAC. 
All right. So UCLA, we've got an interesting one. Colin Schley, just like everyone else that was decent at Kent State, left. And he's there at UCLA now. Um, seasoned professional. He's going he's gonna to provide a, 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 a good backup option, in my opinion, to Dante Moore, who's an elite athlete who comes over um, in the perfect scenario for Chip Kelly, where he can just pay a player because he hates recruiting. Um, so Dante Moore comes over, uh, decommits from Oregon, commits to Ohio State. Or, sorry, wow, UCLA. And um, <clears throat> I think he's just going to win that job. He fits the offense perfectly. And uh, I can't wait to see um, what he's going to do in that offense, um, you know, along with the, the Ball State transfer at running back. Yeah, so when you listen to Dante Moore speak and in interviews and such, like he's just confident. He seems mature. It just seems like he's ready to go. Um, and I think in order for Schley to win that job, <laughs> he's going to have to demonstrate some capabilities we haven't really seen from him much, especially in a Kent State offense um, because they relied on Cooper so much. Um, he's going to have to demonstrate those capabilities super convincingly, and I don't know if he's – Honestly, got enough to, to beat out Dante Moore. Yep, agreed. All right, so now we're going to go back to the, the great state of Texas. We're going to have a twofer right now. we got two schools out there that are going to have some big-time quarterback uh, replacement situations. Houston with Clayton Toon, TCU with Max Duggan. Let's cover these both at the same time. What do you guys think about the guys that are going to be next man up at Houston and TCU? So I'll start with Houston. Um, obviously, replacing Clayton Toon. Uh a fantasy freak in our leagues. And I got beat by him plenty of times, um, you know, 4,000 passing yards, 40 touchdowns and five, almost 550 yards on the ground and five touchdowns. I mean, that's, that's a lot. Um, only turn the ball over 10 times, which is my biggest concern about the guy that I'm going to talk to next about next is Donovan Smith. Um, again, when you watch film of him show some great things, but, I worry about his turnovers. He's a, he, he loves to turn the ball over from what I've seen. Maybe not mentally loves to do it, but he loves to do it um, on accident. Um, so I don't know. I can see this being a actual, an actual quarterback battle with Lucas Coley, if I'm saying that right, um, who, from what I can tell, is a dual-threat guy. He's got great size, um, definitely, an, definitely an athlete. But, again – like some of the others we've talked about film and data is super limited on this guy. So I could potentially see this being quarterback battle. If Donovan Smith stops throwing, uh, continues to throw the ball to the other team. Yeah. <laughs> I, it's a big one, you know, like all the stats you gave for Clayton too. And it's QB six in fantasy. So this is one of the biggest quarterback battles to pay attention to. Um, man, if you're drafting right now, I would probably give a little edge to Coley. Um, but Donovan Smith at tech from Texas tech, like he, he could be great too. And it really just, uh, you de depends on development. It's a big battle to kind of watch as it plays out. And certainly like, as these things happen, as we get news, new information, uh, the teaser rankings on the site won't be updated, but we'll be updating all the live rankings that are, uh, there for our members. Um, so Matt, you, you talked about TCU. Uh, so Max Duggan, obviously, he finished quarterback seven. If you remember going into the year, he did not win the starting job. 
He lost the starting job to Chandler Morris, who got hurt and let Max Duggan play. And then they went on this incredible run all the way to the playoff to get crushed. Um, and then yeah, that was... Man, that just... That, <laughs> it was I, think like... TCU, I think TCU was trying to pretend that that, that, that didn't even happen. Wow, so, that was rough. Yeah, like so you days when you about... beat up your younger sibling when you're yeah, growing up. Yeah, yeah, right. So you, you guys talked about the tournament, and there's idiots that like to say, oh, well, what if what if college football had a 32 or a 64 team tournament? It's so stupid. So if you looked at like the Vegas odds going into uh, the NCAA tournament to help set your bracket, it's like toss-ups. It's like a, a, a 15 versus a two is like a five-point spread. And if you have a, a Toledo playing against Georgia, it's going to be a spread of 40. Uh, so it's just, it's not apples and oranges. Anyways, no. Chandler Morris is the dude, like he's going to be an elite player featured in our rankings, uh, for TCU this year. He he's really incredible as an athlete. He can run, he can throw, they've got, um, transfers coming in at receiver and, uh, yeah, I, I like I like Chandler Morris a lot. I don't think anyone else is going to compete for that job. Yeah, I agree with you. And and I added a a stat, you know, which some people will see. Um, hopefully, you all subscribe and all that good stuff. But there was a game in particular on November sixth when Chandler Morris was a freak um, yeah. against the number twelve Baylor, threw for four hundred and sixty-one yards and rushed for seventy-eight. Like, I mean. If he comes back to that level, <laughs> I don't think TCU is going to miss a beat on offense. Nope. Yeah, that's the, those kind of stats don't happen by accident, not at all. So uh, let's move on to BYU. BYU has a, a very interesting situation. <laughs> Their next man up has pretty much already proven himself in college football. So um, would you say, BMAC, that this is one of the more uh, – the the easiest decisions to you know when when somebody's going to draft if if this guy is out there to go and pick him and it's going to be the 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 easiest decision to make there's not going to be as much a uh, question about whether he's going to be able to come in and do something solid or do you feel like there's still a question about the guy that's going to be stepping in for Jared Hall at BYU I'll yeah. let you introduce him yeah so Keaton Slovis is coming in for his uh, his third team and he's in a better spot than he was at at Pitt so his first season at USC. Back in 2011, oh, excuse me, 2019, um, he had 3,500 yards, 30 touchdowns as a freshman, um, stepping in for an injured JT Daniels. And uh, it looked like he was just going to be the guy, you know, JT Daniels ends up leaving. But after a few seasons at USC, he transfers to Pitt, 10 touchdowns, 9 picks. How does that interest you for fantasy? Does that excite you going into the new year? It doesn't for me. But BYU is certainly a better spot for him. Um, he'll be able to have better protection. They'll pass the ball more than they did at Pitt. And um, he's got a, an opportunity to kind of surprise people. I don't think he's going to – he doesn't run the ball at all. He's a true pocket passer. So that's going to limit how highly we have him ranked, uh, but certainly better than last year. Somewhere in between. I don't think it's going to be any elite – uh, kind of season. So I, I said this a couple podcasts ago. Um, if you want a running back, that's going to get a lot of touches, go for BYU. Um, in my opinion, um, I'm not confident that Slovis, who is like you said, Brian playing for his third team now, um, is 
going to be much of a, a fantasy option for me. I could be wrong. I could trip over these words, which is fine. I'm, if if you draft him and I trip on these words, that's great for you. But uh, he's not somebody that's going to be on, you know, Doug's roster competing for second place again. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. With that being said, let's uh, let's move on down to the SEC. We got a couple of schools from the SEC that have got uh, some big time quarterbacks that are going to need to be replaced. Tennessee has to replace Hendon Hooker. Georgia's got to replace Stetson Bennett. BMAC Doug, pick whichever one you want to start with, and let's hear some insight on the uh, quarterback situations at Tennessee and Georgia. Yeah. So Hendon Hooker obviously hurt at the end of the year. He finished QB eleven in fantasy. Uh, huge year 32 fantasy points two great years for uh for tennessee at quarterback so it's it's pretty simple um but a lot of fun in this battle so you've got the the returning senior can he uh can joe milton uh look like he did against clemson in the bowl game if he does he will be an elite fantasy prospect uh this year or does he struggle like the rest of his career um with accuracy issues and kind of open the door for nico iamaliava i think uh i think milton's gonna be the guy this year um he you know says it out loud he's gonna be the starting quarterback and uh he looked the part against clemson mm-hmm. in the bowl game so he's also got great weapons to throw to this year too so I'll roll with Milton this year, and then uh, Nico after that's going to be an awesome, awesome uh, asset to have um, in a in a dynasty setup where you can have him for a couple years as a starter before he goes potentially to the league. Yeah, hey, Doug, why don't you BMX. take Georgia? Let me say, Doug, why don't you take Georgia? Why don't you uh, Why don't you move over yeah. to Georgia? Let's, Let's talk about the Georgia. Stetson Bennett situation. So, Georgia is actually super interesting because. It's potentially a three-quarterback battle um, to take over for Stenson Bennett. You got Carson Beck, uh, Brock Vandegrift, and Gunnar Stockton. Right now, um, my money would be on Beck to to win that job. Looks like all um, the writers agree that it's, it's going to be Beck. So, I mean, he's got good arm strength. He's got good accuracy. And, I mean, he's been there. <laughs> and I think um, – you know, coaches at these big SC schools, especially Georgia, you can see with Bennett, you know, they'll roll with a guy that has been there and stuck it out. And I think uh, Beck is going to be the guy. And that's just my opinion. I don't have too much to say about these guys because I haven't looked into like Gunnar Stockton and Vandegrift very much um, because in my mind, I just assume that Beck's going to be the next guy up. One thing, one thing to note when you're looking at the stats here, uh, you see Stetson Bennett finished quarterback 35. He passed for 27 touchdowns, but he also, even though he only ran for 205 yards, ran for 10 touchdowns. If you think Carson Beck as more of a pro-style guy, less legs, that's stock up for Kendall Milton and whoever else has that you know running back job there. So... Um, Really, really looking forward to potentially moving them up to where the running backs at Georgia are more like they were in the DeAndre Swift era and uh, prior to that, obviously. Not saying we've got, um, you know, elite, elite running backs, but I think the running back performance is going to be better with Beck taking over at quarterback where they're going to lean on that more 
Um, Stockton, though, he could come in like he's a he's a bigger dude. He could come in in the red zone potentially and take some of those touchdowns as a running quarterback. But uh, that'll be interesting to see. All right, so we have another SEC school, and I purposely made sure to leave these guys so we could talk about them separately, and that's Florida, replacing Anthony Richardson. And, and here's why I wanted to, uh, to, to bring them up separately. When the portal opened up um, in a lot of chat groups, a lot of the, uh, the leagues that I'm in, uh, especially CFB Dynasty, I've got a lot of Florida fans in there because of where we're, where we're situated. And all these big names were in the portal. Oh, we could have Devin Leary coming in. We could have Grayson McCall coming in. Oh, this guy, that guy. It felt like every name that was out there in the portal had some kind of rumor about he might go to Florida. That's true. And then it was, okay, Florida's going to get Graham Mertz. And I remember as a not Florida fan, watching all the chats kind of go silent. All the guys were like, oh, that's the guy we're going to get. Um, Graham Mertz came onto the scene really hot, really hard for Wisconsin, and then seemed like he trailed off. BMAC, as a Florida fan, what do you think about that being the name coming out of the portal and being like the top guy, uh, the, the headliner guy that Florida gets? Are you happy with that? Or do you feel like Florida you know, swung and missed by getting Mertz as that guy in the portal? Happy would definitely be an overstatement. Um, I do think Mertz can be serviceable in this offense. So if you look back at like a Billy Napier offense, you know, when he had all his players at their peak um, at the Raging Cajuns, you don't remember a quarterback being great. You remember them being good. You remember Elijah Mitchell, um, you know, being great in that offense. And that's what Florida's kind of gearing up to do is feature the running backs. If you look at the O-line, um, it's exactly what you would do if you're going to run the ball and that's what Florida's going to do. So Montreal Johnson, Trevor Etienne, those two will be the feature players in this offense. You know, mm -hmm. Pearsall will be the leader at receiver. Um, but then they've got a lot of young talent around him that um, will get plenty of looks, plenty of routes, but it's always, it's all going to be about the running game. So when you think about having a, a veteran quarterback to kind of lead that offense, you know, if there were elite weapons around him, it would maybe be different. But uh, I just think if he can not turn the ball over, kind of manage the offense within it and hand the ball off, I think that's what he's going to do. I wouldn't put any kind of uh, fantasy value on Mertz, but I would bump up the fantasy value on the running backs for sure. Yeah, so with Florida, um, I can see Mertz winning the job. Um, just like you said, because he's he's a veteran. Um, but I can see Jack Miller easily going to three and Max Brown being two with Mertz yep. being on a very short leash. Yep. Um, but at the end of the day, I think no matter who is the starter at Florida, they're just warming up the seat for their commit next year. So. <laughs> Lagway, yeah. Uh, I think that's true. Um, and then Florida obviously could add to this room and, and Napier has been quoted at saying that, you know, they will look and if the opportunity mm -hmm. presents itself, let's say a Jalen Milrow, somebody like that, uh, well, you never know. One of these guys from Ole Miss in the portal. Right. So Max Brown, who you mentioned, he joined the baseball team. He's got a big arm, um, great size. So he's got a high upside, but he just needs to kind of work his way up the depth chart and, yep. uh, We'll see what happens there. But, yeah, Jack Miller, 
I don't think anybody could get excited about him after watching the ball. Three game. points, baby. Three points. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. So the last school we're going to cover today on a on a large basis is Penn State. So let's talk about Penn State replacing Sean Clifford. So I know BMAC loves this guy, so I'm going to let him take this one away. Sure. All right. So yeah, Drew Aller. Um, he's going to take over and he's going to be he's going to be great. He'll be the best quarterback they've had uh talent wise um clifford finished qb 44 um so like you know in the last last year the last of his like 12 seasons at penn state he had 2800 yards passing 24 touchdowns um ran for 176 yards and five touchdowns i think uh drew aller he's a he's a six five whatever Mm -hmm. 230 240 he's gonna run the ball he's got the the biggest arm um, of potentially anyone in the sport. Um, it's going to be really incredible to watch uh, the Penn State offense this year with those two feature running backs, um, one of the better O-lines that they've had, and uh, some interesting additions. Um, another Kent State player, I believe, at receiver there yep. um, coming in. Yep. So it's going to be interesting to see the weapons and the new tight end and all that stuff and how it gels with Drew Aller. And uh, it's a team that's great. Like they've, they've done everything they need to do except beat Penn state and Michigan or uh, Ohio state and Michigan. And that's what they're going to gear up to do. Yeah. Aller has a huge arm, great arm talent and doing a lot of the research for this. I saw it's really a battle between him and Milton from Tennessee who has the strongest arm in college football. So, we may be able to watch both of them at work and we can decide by the end of the year whose arm is better. That should be fun too. Mm-hmm. All right. So that's the top 10 schools that we've said have got a an interesting quarterback battles, next man up situations happening, but that doesn't mean that's the only schools that are out there. That's why I need to pay attention to CFBDynasty.com. You want to be on the discord. You want to be on the website because there are going to be a lot of other excellent battles to keep your eye on uh, so that you can decide who you want for your college quarterback, who you might want for your college to pro. Uh, Before we head out of here for today, are there any other schools that you guys want to mention really quick uh, that are not on this top 10 list that you want people to keep their eye on because there could be some very interesting situations happening there? Uh, BMAC, what about you? Yeah, it's uh, it's not a next man up scenario, but you know, Texas will be fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ole Miss will be fun. We've talked about both of those at length. Um, at Ole Miss, I think it's just going to be Spencer Sanders, you know, the veteran. He's he's started his whole career, and I think he'll end up winning that job. Um, how about you, Doug? Any others that you wanted to bring up? I mentioned Ole Miss earlier. They're they're going to be fun. Um, Brian and I talked about it a little bit with, uh, you know, maybe Notre Dame. Wake Forest could be interesting. Um, yeah, some Wake teams- Forest for sure. Wake Forest, absolutely. That's going to be a big one. Yeah, there's some teams out there that, like we said, we didn't talk about, but they will definitely be mentioned. Um, so, you know, subscribing and, you know, reading the things that we put out is super important because there's – we only got to 10. You know, our time's limited, but there's definitely more teams out there for sure. Yep. I know, obviously, there there's two schools that are, are near and dear to my heart. Obviously, Kentucky with, uh, with Devin Leary going out there. Um, can he replace – um, can he replace Will Levis and be at the level that everybody expected him to be at before his injury this past year? And then the school that he left, you know, my boys over at NC State, 
You got Brendan Armstrong coming down. You have his offensive coordinator, Robert and I coming down. You think he's going to be the, uh, the heir apparent, but you've also got MJ Morris, who is uh, one of the fastest dudes out there in college football. He's got a cannon for an arm. And uh, MJ Morris is not just going to roll over and let Brendan Armstrong take that job. So that's probably going to be one of the most interesting quarterback battles that we've seen uh, in the uh, in, uh, on Tobacco Road in, in quite a while between uh, Brennan Armstrong and MJ Morris. You're probably going to see both of them. And uh, even Ben Finley is probably still going to be trying to make a little name for himself as well as, as the fourth quarterback that started for NC State last year. All right. Um, let me get it. Let me give you a, a curveball question here, Matt. Okay. Curveball you, question. You what have, you got? If you had the first pick in the draft and you oh, had both classes available 2023 and 2024. So you got Caleb Williams, Drake May, along with Bryce Young, CJ Stroud. Now, which quarterback are you taking? Oof. Man, that's uh, that's tough. That's tough. I I find it hard to to not take CJ Stroud. I think that uh, you know, that there's there's a lot of uh where there's smoke, there's fire. Teams aren't going to be giving up an incredible amount of picks. Uh, to move up to the number one spot if, if they don't think C.J. Stroud is the guy. But I, I truly feel like um, all four of the guys you just mentioned all have the possibility of uh, of being blue chippers in the NFL. I don't, I don't think that it's going to be like some of the quarterback classes where you have five guys drafted in the top half and uh, they're going to be, you know, they're going to just completely flame out. What do you think, Doug? At the quarterback position, if I had the number one pick and both available – I'm probably either sticking with C.J. Stroud or this might be a curveball for people, but I like Drake May, dude. I like him a lot. I think uh, he has a potential to be something special. I mean, we'll see this year because he doesn't have the same weapons he had last year at receiver, um, in my opinion. But if he produces again like he did last year, he could very well move up to somebody that I would take number one. Yeah, so this is the kind of thought process that our Devi rankings are in. So if you go and take a look, uh, you'll see who I've got there. Caleb Williams at number one. I've got Drake May, number two. Now Bryce Young and CJ Stroud are, are out of the, these rankings now since they're eligible and entering the draft. So you won't find any of the, the current going into this draft uh, in our Devi rankings, but um, they're all there for quarterback, running back, receiver and tight end. Drew Aller is who I have third right behind him. All right, uh, guys. Yeah. So that is the end of the podcast for today. Coming up, we're going to be going to next man up at running back and next man up at wide receiver. Uh, if these numbers and if the, these rankings follow in the footsteps of the, the all-time rankings that we just did, I think you're going to see some, uh, some names at running back that are going to pop off and become big-time stars. Wide receiver, I think, is going to be a crapshoot because, as you can see, if you didn't go listen to or watch the podcast on wide receivers, some of the greatest college seasons of all time came out of guys that did absolutely nothing outside the college level. So you're going to probably see some names and see some schools that are going to be college only. If BMAC was doing Debbie rankings based on that, I think you'd probably see an entirely different list. Wide receiver is probably going to be the one where you'd see the biggest differential between um, college production and pro potential. Do you agree with that thought, BMAC? Totally. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, they're certainly not one in the same. Uh, Debbie rankings are so different, so much based on, you know, the right size and uh, the right 
<clears throat> speed, height, whatever for their position and, you know, propensity to kind of have that success in the NFL. Um, that's what it's mostly about. All right. So, uh, Doug, we have reached the end. So it's time for you to go get yourself a pretzel. That way you can't be hangry anymore or get yourself a Snickers. And we'll it's see almost lunchtime at this, at this point, bro. So, you know, I might just have to suck it up for another 30 minutes or so because I got another yeah. meeting. And then, hey, hey be, fair game be, after that to what I eat. So be, be like a hobbit. Have second breakfast, man. You can have <laughs> breakfast at, at 11 o'clock. <laughs> All right. So on behalf of BMAC and Doug, we want to make sure you guys go up and subscribe to CFBDynasty.com. Go to the website. Uh, follow us on, on Twitter, on Instagram, on TikTok. Make sure that you uh, go up to the Discord. We really want you to be a part of the community uh, so that that way you can interact with us. We definitely want to hear what you guys think about these quarterback battles. If you've got one that you have your eye on that we didn't mention, we want to know what it is. We want to know why that's a quarterback battle that is or a next man up that is important to you. Um, so like I said, on behalf of BMAC and Doug, my name is Matt Knowles. We'd love to have you guys come back next week for Next Man Up at Running Back. This is the CFBDynasty.com podcast. See ya. See you guys.